0: What the heck is rage farming? Who does it? Is it just a new term for yellow journalism? Also, did I accidentally write a gross sensationalist hit piece? Let's get into it. Warning, the following program contains critical thinking, honest opinions, viewpoints on culture that may seem conservative and a positive view on absolute detestable things such as marriage and children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome or welcome back to Subtle Rampage Podcast, where we discuss the things that I feel like discussing. Sometimes those are things of a political nature, sometimes they are things of a cultural nature. It just depends, but it's usually both. I am your host, Adelia Kirchner, and today I figured we would start this episode off with a little bit of backstory. A little bit of behind the scenes, if you will. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I write for a newspaper a few times a week, and uh, earlier this month I got an article assignment, and this particular article assignment I was supposed to craft a story out of the flyer that the Tennessee Aquarium out in Chattanooga had sent to their employees and volunteer staff, pretty much asking people to sign up to work the aquarium's booth at the Chattanooga Pride Festival because they were going to be sponsoring the Chattanooga Pride Festival. Um, One of the funniest things in this flyer, uh, as far as I'm concerned, was that at the booth they planned on having Queer animal trivia facts. What are queer animal trivia facts? I do not know. I wish I had remembered to ask when I talked to their communications director, but I, I forgot to ask. So, to this day, I still do not know what queer animal facts are. I assume it's something along the lines of, like, you know, the uh, all, all the stuff people talk about. Like, oh, well, so many other, like, species of animals, they have, like... They participate in homosexual behavior, so why can't humans? Why are humans the ones that have a problem with it? All the other animals do it. Um, so I, I assume that's what they mean. Otherwise, I don't know what queer animal facts are. But anyways, so I was supposed to come up with an article out of this, this flyer, pretty much. So I did that, right? Um, and the my boss was like, okay, when he sent the article assignment, guys, he was like, adelia you don't have to put your name on it if you don't want to he's like if you're if you don't want the alphabet mafia to attack you for this article he was like you you don't have to put your name on it just let me know um and here's the thing guys I, i thought about it i considered it but once i finally like finished the article i was looking at it and i was like all i did was quote people and the flyer, I didn't really, like, there, there's nothing in here that is me. Like, I was just putting information together. So I'm like, if somebody feels like attacking me for just giving them information from other people, then that they're the stupid one. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, you know, I was like, I, I'm not really worried about it. And also, I don't have some grander job at stake where I, like, can't be publicly involved in politics. And, you know, I also feel like if I'm comfortable putting something out into the world at this point, like my podcast, you know, and like the over a hundred other articles that I've gotten published at this point, um, I think that I should probably be okay with putting my name on this. Like, I just, like, like why why should I feel uncomfortable putting my name on this? Because other people are going to give me crap for it because they're not going to like the content of the article because they're not going to like the headline. Like that's, that's stupid. So, (laughs) so so, yeah. Um, You know, I'm comfortable with people knowing that I write for the publication that I do. And um, if that means that they don't like me, that's, that's okay. I don't understand that because um, you know, what was it that the lady in the article wrote last week? the podcast that I did on racism and writing the other the lady who wrote the like uh that white people shouldn't write people of color characters she was like people of color are not a monolith well you know what conservatives are not a monolith okay and if somebody's so stupid that they can't understand that that's not my fault right guys i don't know what's going on with me today i'm in a little bit of a weird mood a little bit of a weird vibe. So I'm sorry if I'm a little bit all over the place. I promise I am like 100% sober. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of that slap happy energy. It's not even that late. It's not even that late. It's like 11 p.m. right now. It's not even that late. I should be fine, <laughs> but I'm not. Um, moving on. For this article, okay, I, I called and I spoke to the tennessee aquarium communications manager a guy okay um and see like i said i I should have asked him about the the queer animal facts but i i didn't instead i asked for confirmation that the aquarium would be sponsoring this pride event and he was all like yes and then he was like do you have any other questions and i was like that's a great question and i was like yes i actually do i was like what is the reason that um you guys are sponsoring this event and so we we talked for a little bit and i got a couple minutes worth of him talking right and you know what i did with his quote okay i put the whole darn thing in the article was it that long no it wasn't that long but i put his whole statement in the article you know why because I was giving people the information that I had. I was not just writing a biased article where I was like, hey, this is what the communications manager said and he's stupid and um, his reasoning is stupid. Like, I didn't say that, right, okay? Instead I said, here's what the flyer is and here's what the flyer said. And then I was like, here's what the communications manager said about this and then i was like here's what a conservative action group said about this on twitter that is the whole article guys okay my opinion is not in that article i personally don't think that there's anything that crazy in that article. I think it's just giving information about something that's going on with the Tennessee Aquarium um, and what people are saying about what's going on with the Tennessee Aquarium, right? Okay, so keep that in mind. I think it is a very real reality that I cannot control other people's perceptions. Other people's perception of me other people's perception of the political right, other people's perception of the political left, other people's perception of Christians. I literally, it's not up to me. I cannot just, like, make people perceive the world a certain way. Um, I have spent a good portion of my life trying. And hey, by the way, doesn't work, okay? People are going to have their own perceptions of you and the things that they witness and the things that they read and the things that they consume based off of the life that they have lived, the experiences they have had with uh, certain things, with certain people, etc. Okay, like, so it's just, it's not even within my control how people perceive the articles that I write. It's also not in my control how people react to the articles that I write. I know for a fact that there are some right-leaning people who read the articles that I write for the Tennessee Conservative, and they, they use those articles to sometimes fuel whatever a- hatred or anger they have for the left, and I, I know that that happens. I also know that there are people on the left who read my articles and they use those articles as a way to feel their hatred or their anger for the right. Now, was my intention with those articles that they reacted that way to, okay, was my intention to do either of those things Most of the time, that's not the intention. And I would say 100% of the time with my articles, that's not the intention. I'm not trying to create that negative a reaction with simply sharing news stories. Um, So, you know, but like, again, it is literally not in my control. It is not my responsibility to handle the emotions of other adults. You know, you know, you give my gist, good. Okay, what is my responsibility, though, is myself is making sure that i'm not writing an article with ill intent. I'm not putting together a podcast with ill intent. Um will it sometimes come across like i am depending on who is watching or who is reading and how they're perceiving what i'm doing? Yeah, probably. Um it probably inevitably, <laughs> okay? Um i mean my goal, honestly, with any of the stuff that I'm putting out, whether it's an article or a podcast or whatever, like, it's not, my goal is not to create further division, because I honestly, I don't like the division. It's stressful. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good. I mean, maybe it might to you, but it doesn't to me, personally. Um. So that's that's never my goal, to divide people further. Um... <laughs> But I mean, you could look at some of my YouTube shorts, okay, and say, well, that's divisive, though. Like, that that, that seems like you kind of are trying to cause division. But I kind of look at it like those are just clips of things that I say in a longer form video, in a longer form podcast, um, where you can get the full context of what I'm saying. And as far as I intend... What I'm saying is really not meant to be divisive. I'm sure it is, but it's not meant to be. Like, it's not meant to further that divide, okay? So, um, ultimately, my point is is that it's not my fault if a viewer sees one of my YouTube shorts and instead of clicking the couple buttons that it takes to get to the full-length video... And see the full context before coming to a conclusion on what I said. They just watch the short and come to a conclusion and get upset. Like, that is not on me. That's on the viewer. Uh, Because I put the information out there. It's on them. They can research. They can find it. It's, like, literally right there, all on the same page. They are exhibiting the same behavior as people do with articles and news stories... Where it's just people will just read the headline and come to a conclusion. They'll just read the headline and get upset. They don't read the whole article. They don't read the whole story. They don't read the whole article and go, this seems kind of biased. Let me go check out another article on the same thing and kind of compare and contrast. They don't do that. They read the headline and they get pissed. And it's like, what is going on in your life that you have the emotional energy to be this worked up over something? that you didn't even read so that's kind of how I feel about a lot of um a a lot of things like this people have their opinions and I honestly don't trust a lot of online comments because I don't I don't trust that they've actually like consumed the content they're reacting to I really don't especially having been on the like creating end of content at this point I'm like I don't trust that you have read my article based on what you're saying. I don't trust that you have watched my podcast based on what you're saying, like, because you, you, what you're saying makes no sense. So I don't know if that was off topic, but we're, we're, we're probably gonna hit a few of those today, a few of those little off topic rants, but it's all, it's all good. Um, <laughs> okay, another article that I wrote this month in the vein of, you know, intent behind an article, right? And making sure that uh, when I'm writing an article, I'm not being unethical, okay? So another article that I wrote this month, it was somebody else's brainchild. They just pretty much they thought of a headline, you know, just throughout their day, and they were like, they they don't normally write the articles. They were like, hey, how about this? This seems like it was like it would probably work as a headline. Uh, see if you can write something. Uh, so I put my I put my little my little glasses on, and I started researching this topic that they had come up with a headline about. Honestly, expecting to find evidence that backed up that headline. But here's the thing about research, okay, if you're doing it right, you're probably going to come across something that you did not already know. Um, Even if it's something minor, you're going to come across something you probably didn't already know. So, yeah, I, I do the research on this article topic, and what ends up happening is that I find absolutely nothing that backs up the claim made in the headline. Not the end of the world. OK, but it's like, okay, well, what am I what am I supposed to do? This story doesn't exist, at least not as far as my research capabilities go. I, I, There's nothing I can find to back up the claim in this headline. So what story am I going to write? So I looked at my research and I made a judgment call and ended up tweaking the headline to fit what the evidence actually said. Um, and that was that we put out a truthful article. <laughs> um, I personally think that it is completely unethical to publish something and uh, a claim, a fact, a whole story, whatever, that you know is not true, Uh, that you know is not backed up by any evidence, that you know is proven wrong. (laughs) Um, I think there's a difference between Maybe doing some lackluster research and you think that you know something and you put it out there, and then somebody's like, uh, you're wrong. And then you go look into it and you fix it. That's different. Okay. Um, because the reality is people are human, they're not going to get everything right. I mean, I've been writing about four articles a week, give or take, since January. And there's been like probably, uh, like, I would say only like a handful of corrections that I've had to go back and make. And, most of them have just been like typos that like you know or capitalization or like not even that like i missed a letter in a name or i quoted a i quoted the tennessee constitution wrong one time you know like just (laughs) just like basic stuff like typographical errors pretty much and um but there have been i think one or two things that i got the fact wrong completely unintentionally and somebody was like hey and then i was like hey and they were like you should double check this because i think it's wrong and then i go oh thank you and then i make sure it gets fixed and then it's fixed and then it's fine and then yeah so but i mean that's just a life But if you are, if you have written something or you have filmed something or you have, you know, whatever, and you know that what you're putting out is a lie and you still put it out, that's unethical. Um, I think most people consider that unethical, but um, there's a lot of people who will still do it and they're fine with it. Now, for clarification purposes. I don't consider myself a journalist, okay? (laughs) I have never in my life aspired to be a journalist. Um, My title with the newspaper is technically reporter. uh, But at the moment, I don't necessarily prefer to make a career out of journalism or investigative reporting. I'm not trying to be 76 years old doing what Phil Williams over at Channel 5 News does. That's not really what I want to do, okay? I'm not trying to be... Like white hair and all, still up at the Capitol with my f- iPhone trying to catch the best angle of a protest. That's not what I want to do at all. Um, <laughs> but I like politics, I'm good at writing, and I like what the Tennessee Conservative does to support like grassroots organizations and to support actually conservative candidates in Tennessee. So it just works out that this is work i enjoy doing is part of a bigger mission um and i get a little bit of money to do it and So it's, but it it doesn't mean that I I call myself a journalist or consider myself a journalist. So I just find it a bit amusing when people online, like I got this one email from this lady, she was upset about uh, a thumbnail for one of my articles, like it had somebody in the thumbnail picture that wasn't mentioned in the actual article, Um, and I don't control the thumbnails, but like honestly I don't think it matters because I'm like if if you, okay, (laughs) the point she was making she was she was upset with me she was like is this good journalism do you consider this good journalism and i was like i'm not a journalist so i don't know i don't even know what journalism is i didn't go to school for journalism but no- <laughs> but like in all seriousness or whatever she she was upset because she was like calling it misleading and i'm like yeah it's only misleading if you only look at the thumbnail if you literally just read the article you'll know what the article is about uh without having to question if somebody in the picture is part of the story if you read the story you'll know right yeah anyways so you know i just think it's funny people like will be like this is your this is what you consider journalism really and i'm like i honestly did not even I, I do not have the definition of good journalism pinned up on my bulletin board to, like, just kind of check in with every time I write an article. You know why? Because I'm not a journalist. Sorry. Getting a little heated here. Um, moving on. The next thing I wanted to say is that, okay, so since I have, since I've started writing articles and doing these podcasts and you know putting things out into the world where i am stating things as fact or at least making claims and giving my opinions whatever it is okay i've realized that um that something that i had to do that i didn't think i would have to do is kind of figure out where my lines are on certain things for what i'm okay with like what what is ethical to me what is not ethical to me what is kind of shady to me what is not you know what like what is the right decision for certain things and i like i hadn't thought about it until you know i i needed to think about it right so it's it's asking the questions of is this factual to the best of my ability can people go out for themselves and verify the information that i am giving them in this podcast or in this article can they do it just through a quick google search or through clicking on the links that i include like you know is it possible for them to verify what i have found um and if my research is not adequate then maybe what i'm saying does not need to like if there's not evidence to back up what i'm saying um and what i'm saying is not an opinion then maybe it doesn't need to go in what i'm doing right so um Unless we're talking quotes or, like, claims made by others, in which case that's a whole different scenario. I just try to make sure that it's clear that somebody else said it or that, like, my source said it, right? Um, All of that, all of those side rants to get to, there was a little bit of backlash to the article I wrote about the Tennessee Aquarium, okay? Uh, It was a very small amount of backlash, uh, it was definitely in the minority considering most of our readership i would assume is conservative um let's so so let's look at the comments okay so well, let's go to the twitter comments first all right um most of them are just people on the right going okay well i'm just not going to go there anymore okay well i'm just not going to buy tickets there anymore um or asking questions about okay well like who is funding the aquarium um so like what money is allowing them to go sponsor the pride event like type of thing uh but there were there were a few people who were clearly not on the right who were a little bothered by um just the headline of the article because that's what gets posted on twitter is the headline and the thumbnail I think the title of it was, like, Tennessee Aquarium to sponsor Chattanooga Pride Festival or something like that. Anyways, one person says, good, thanks for highlighting their support of a marginalized community. And another person says, thank you, at Tennessee Aquarium, with little, like, heart, heart emoji, like, the face with the hearts around it, and then, like, a little rainbow. So somebody's happy that the aquarium is an ally, obviously. And then... um. Somebody else said that's awesome. The parade will ha- probably have over a thousand people watching it in person and hundreds walking in it, representing businesses from all over Chattanooga. But then we get to the comments on the actual like web page article. So these are people that have supposedly, in theory, actually read this article that I wrote. All right. Um, One person commented and said, Thank you for publicizing this. I'm happy to know that The Aquarium shares my views. I'm inspired to extend my membership and to have my business sponsor Pride next year as well. Um, So good for that person. I'm so glad they appreciate my article. Somebody else said... You know, no one wants your random emails from your hate group, obviously addressing um, the Tennessee conservative as a whole. Um, but thank you for emailing my husband so I can find y'all and thank Tennessee Aquarium for being inclusive to all families in our community. You can always just shut the hell up rather than spread y'all's hate speech around. We want Tennessee Aquarium and the education they provide in our community, but we don't want bigots like you. Uh, but the comment, okay, that kind of inspired... Me to focus on this for this episode of the podcast was that somebody said i find this article to be a gross sensationalist hit piece this article is a disgrace to journalism and you should be ashamed for your ignorant and bigoted comments on a family-friendly event if you feel it is within your right to try and deny rights to other human beings you have another thing coming I believe it was Jesus who said to love everyone. Seems you're not following your Lord and Savior's words. Be prepared for your one-way trip to hell, my friend. Peace and love to everyone. I hope you can find some happiness since you all seem to be so miserable that you have to literally spew hate speech. That's how I assume they would have like said it. I don't know. If you can do a better impression of a very hate-driven liberal that like ends everything with peace and love to everyone please let me know honestly send me a video of you reading that comment in the way that you think that they thought it out okay um but okay for the record and i will link the article that i wrote in the description so that y'all can see for yourselves there are no ignorant or bigoted comments in this article and there is not any hate speech in this article uh, but there are several typos in this person's comment. So, you know, that's a, that's what I got to say there. I, I am honestly, like, genuinely amazed at the amount of people who could have at some point in their life up until this point benefited from a little bit of IEW fix it when they were children. You know, um, all of you homeschoolers out there, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, are you really a homeschooler? But even if you don't know what I'm talking about, all right. I I think we all get the ads. We all get those ads for Grammarly, right? It's not just me. So, I just kind of feel like there's no excuse at this point for the typos. There's there's just no excuse. Can we can we have good grammar when 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 we're criticizing other people's written work? Can we at least use good grammar? Can we? No. Okay, cool. Um but yeah, so so this <laughs> So the main thing that stood out to me In this person's comment, obviously Was the fact that they called my article A gross sensationalist hit piece Um, And that part just kind of left me Sitting there like, huh? Okay, that was Was not the intent whatsoever But it did prompt the question For me, like in my mind Of, is it Just a hit piece? Did I write a hit piece? Uh, Is it A sensationalist Peace? Is it sensationalist journalism? Is this to use a term that I recently heard for the first time while watching a county commissioner meeting? Like, is this yellow journalism? Have I already answered these questions for myself? Yes. But before I get into what I think, let's have a mental breakdown. So the first term that I would like to mentally break down today is sensationalism. Yes, slay. Okay, so according to the current Merriam-Webster dictionary, um, sensationalism is defined as, one, empiricism that limits experience as a source of knowledge to sensation or sense perceptions, and two, the use or effect of sensational subject matter or treatment. Uh, so to me that kind of means that like sensationalism, okay, it, it limits the knowledge of something to the sensation of it. To how it makes people feel. So uh, it's just trying to drive things based off emotion. It's just trying, trying to act like it's providing knowledge by providing emotion. Um, and. The, the second definition, the use or effect of sensational subject matter or treatment. Yeah, it's just, it's using sensational subject matter or treating a subject matter like it's sensational. I mean, I, I think we're all relatively smart people. I think we all kind of already knew what this word meant, but yeah. So there, there you go. There's the official definition of sensationalism, just for a reminder. Okay. And then we have our second term, yellow journalism. Now I'm going to do a lot of reading, but for the record, I did not know that this was a thing I hadn't heard of it Uh, probably because I did not go to school for journalism but um, somebody brought this up during a county commission meeting that I was watching where the reporters that were there like they were only recording when the public testimony was not being given like they, they would stop recording every time somebody gave like stood up to give public testimony against this particular thing that they were discussing and so somebody stood up and was just like I was gonna call it yellow journalism but um I looked it up and it wasn't yellow journalism it's just straight up leaving things out like and I was like yes you go, girl, um, because it was like a really like important subject matter, you know, but yeah. So anyways, yellow journalism, <laughs> according to the current Encyclopedia Britannica, yellow journalism was the use of lurid features and sensationalized news in newspaper publishing to attract readers and increase circulation. The phrase was coined in the ni- in the 1890s to describe the tactics employed in the furious competition between two New York City papers, The World and The Journal. Uh, I guess the yellow part of the term yellow journalism, literally, like, from, from everything that I read, okay, guys, it literally stems from the fact that one of those newspapers hired a cartoonist who then produced a comic strip called the Yellow Kid, which added to the circulation of the newspaper. So now so, so it's called yellow journal. Uh, don't I, I don't understand I, I don't yeah, that that's that. So supposedly okay, <laughs> this era of yellow journalism has been said to have ended shortly after the turn of the 20th century. Um, But I think that most of us could probably find uh, plenty examples uh, of yellow journalism in modern day reporting and media without having to look for very long. Like, Because if the definition of yellow journalism is literally making something sensational to stimulate better circulation of that content, that is literally what modern day media is. Like, that is what the internet is. It's what it creates. It's what it requires if your content is going to do well. Like, in order to successfully, you know, have a newspaper that is online or to successfully have a magazine or whatever it is, like, you have to have good circulation of your content. Otherwise, you're not successful. Like, it's a completely different ball game in ballpark than it was in the 1890s, if you ask me. Anyways... Encyclopedia Britannica pretty much acknowledges this, you know, modern day situation and says that some techniques of the yellow journalism period became more or less permanent and widespread, such as banner headlines, colored comics, and copious illustration. In other media, most notably television and the internet, many of the sensationalist practices of yellow journalism became more commonplace. So, when I read all of that, Okay, my first thought was, like I said, if that's yellow journalism, then is everything that we put out in newspapers and magazines and on YouTube and social media and just on the internet in general, isn't everything that we're putting out, isn't it all just yellow journalism for the most part? Like, it's all about getting email opens and clicks and views and, you know, right? Like, isn't it all? Yellow journalism or at least reminiscent of yellow journalism. So just because I was curious, I did go on Urban Dictionary (laughs) because I encourage that so much. It's such a reliable source um, and it's so appropriate for children of all ages. Um, But One of the definitions that somebody posted on there defines yellow journalism as the great grandfather of clickbait and one of propaganda's cousins. Journalism that sacrifices everything a good article needs for sensationalism and sales. So I thought that was probably kind of a. That was kind of how i was summing it up in my head until i saw that definition and i was like that's kind of spot on i think another person defined it on urban dictionary as lies and or propaganda which are passed off as legitimate journalism though they favor one political party or viewpoint um so you mean all media so all media all modern media is committing yellow journalism like that's literally yellow journalism just never went away if that's what yellow journalism is because Honestly, I don't believe in unbiased uh, reporting because I just don't think it exists. I don't think people are capable of not holding any bias and not exhibiting any bias. I think they can try very hard and they might slightly succeed, but I feel like that's just its not possible. Um, and media organizations in general, it is definitely not possible um like you can't just pretend that there's no bias in your entire company in your entire newspaper like really really um so yeah based off that definition everything that exists right now as far as the media goes is just yellow journalism um but yeah so that's that if i were you um i would definitely go read up some more on this because i found a lot of like the story behind it and a lot of like that. there was like claims from one of the owners of one of the newspapers that was part of this feud that like you know just give him the artwork and he'll start the war because he can put out such a sensational piece that it'll rile people up enough to literally create wars and like it's been talked about that like this sensational journalism or whatever like this yellow journalism like literally might have caused people to be heated enough about war that it might have created war. Um, so it's, it's very interesting stuff. So you should go look into it some more. Um, I'd get into it more. But I'm tired. Uh, tired of talking about it. Tired of being awake. I kind of want to go to sleep. But but before I pass out. Let's talk about rage farming. Okay. So according to Dictionary.com. Who is like. I think the only dictionary to have like added this to their you know, words thus far. Uh, According to dictionary.com, rage farming is the tactic of intentionally provoking political opponents, typically by posting inflammatory content on social media in order to elicit angry responses and thus high engagement or widespread exposure for the original poster. Um, Dictionary.com's Slang Dictionary explains that rage farming is a slang term for the political tactic of intentionally provoking political opponents in order to create or increase exposure for one's group or cause. The tactic is especially associated with conservative and far right political groups. The term rage farming is always used in a critical way. It is typically applied to the act of posting intentionally inflammatory content or otherwise trolling political opponents online with the goal of eliciting a large number of angry responses, thus leading to widespread exposure for the original poster. However, the term may be applied to practices other than online posts, such as making inflammatory comments in interviews or speeches that will be widely covered by the media. Uh, The original use of the verb phrase rage farm to refer to a political tactic is often credited to researcher John Scott Railton, who used it in the form rage farmed in a January 2022 Twitter post in reference to inflammatory online posts like those that had been recently made by the Texas GOP Twitter account. Uh, The inflammatory posts in question, let's take a look-see here. Um... I'll put it up on the screen for those of you watching the video, but pretty much the Texas GOP Twitter account posted uh, saying that if you can wait in line for hours for testing, you can wait in line to vote in person. Um, Yeah, so referencing COVID-19 testing, obviously, and uh, having to go vote in person instead of submitting a mail-in ballot. So this John Scott Railton guy... Uh, reposted the GOP tweets saying you are being rage-farmed. Your angry quote, te- your <laughs> your angry quote tweet equals the goal. Left, the tweet everyone is dunking on. Right, Texas GOP gloating at the engagement they got. If you must dunk, screen capture and don't use their handle. Um the term rage farming was popularized by a january 2022 article in the atlantic by molly jang fast i don't think that's how you pronounce it but zhang maybe jang it's a very interesting name uh anyways uh an article by this lady titled owning the libs is the only gop platform The term is thought to have gained popularity in part due to giving a name to a practice recognized as increasingly common by political observers, especially in the context of social media. In rage farming, the term farming is used in a figurative way that's similar to how it's used in terms for other practices, such as data farming. Um, I read a, a different article that said, okay, rage farmers don't care that people hate them, they want to go viral any way they can. They get the attention, influence, and often ad revenue that all the attention brings. Which sounds like just yellow journalism to me, honestly. Like this this is all yellow journalism based off of what I have learned about yellow journalism. So I feel like rage farming is just, like it literally could just be defined as yellow journalism. Like that. that's how I feel. But you know what, May, like maybe I'm just totally off here. Um, but yeah, so far, uh, I mean, clearly through those definitions from the dictionary.com and stuff, um, you can tell that, uh, it's been used mainly to describe behavior from people on the political right. So far, I've only personally heard people on the left use the term rage farming to describe the behavior of people on the political right, politicians and political commentators and organizations and such. Um, I have not really heard the right use the term at all. Uh, I have heard nobody use it to refer to the people on the left, at least not yet. So that is very interesting, if you ask me. Like, I think I watched a video a while back of somebody who was calling Matt Walsh's political commentary rage farming and kind of, like, throwing the term at the Daily Wire as a whole, um, which might not be entirely wrong, right? I just think it's questionable when that term is being applied pretty heavily to one side of the political aisle, and it's, it's, it's just it's questionable because it's like that behavior is present on both sides. Right. And it's like, also are there levels to this behavior? Like, are there okay levels where it's understandable because of the way that the internet is and the way that you have to do things to make money and get views, etc.? And then is there like a level to it that is crossing the line or is it just all bad? Because if it's all bad, I've got some, uh, some complaints about some rage farming from the left. Um, can we just, you know, can we can we just look at the Young Turks for just for, for just an example, just right off the be- like top of my head? How about the Young Turks? Is that not rage farming? That That's not rage farming, but Matt Walsh is. I think they're both kind of rage farming. Like, can we? <laughs> it's both yellow journalism. Can we chill out? Okay, good. I'm glad we can chill out the uh, everybody else might not but us over here on this podcast we can chill out together um until i get all red in the face again but now that we've got all of that out of the way now that, now that we've defined those few things okay at least as much as i felt like defining them today um was my tennessee aquarium article just a hit piece what was it a hit piece okay we're <laughs> were all the various articles recently uh, reporting that, like, the those three Tennessee pastors got indicted for COVID-19 relief fraud, um, were all of those articles written by all these different publications, were all of those articles hit pieces? Because I didn't think so. And I don't see much of a difference between reporting the facts about an indictment case and reporting the facts about a flyer that was put out by a business like it's still just reporting something that occurred and then like showing people a press release or showing people a flyer like it's not it's not anything crazy like i don't see that big of a difference between the two things but somehow one is a hit piece and one isn't when i wrote that article honestly like i remember saying to my mother (laughs) i was like okay I was like, this is what I'm writing on today. And I was like, I don't really know if there's a point to writing this. Um, I know it's going to make people worked up. I was like, I think the the main reason to write something like this would be to give people the information they need to make financial decisions about like where they want to put their money when it comes to what businesses support their values and what businesses don't. That is literally what I said to my mother before or, like, during when I was writing the article, okay? So, I do believe that that was my intent behind writing the article, was, I was like, I don't know how big of a difference this this article is going to make, but I was like, but I am just reporting facts, and I think that it just gives people the information they need to be able to vote with their dollar, Honestly, um, you know, the very small percentage of people that will vote with their dollar will decide either to keep spending money at this aquarium because they agree with the values that this aquarium is backing up, or they will decide to stop spending money at this aquarium because they disagree with the values that this aquarium is backing up. Um, <laughs> so, I, I and I honestly... Like it, go- it goes both ways. There were people in the comments who were saying, "I'm not going to spend money in here anymore because I disagree with this," and there were people saying, "I'm definitely going to spend money here because I agree with this." So I don't know. I just think that the that my intent behind the article lined up with people's reaction, just not they just didn't think that that was the intent. They didn't think that my intent was to give them the information they needed to know whether or not this business that they may or may not be supporting may or may not agree with them. You know, like, I, I don't know. Personally, I don't think it's sensationalism to give people factual information that they might not have received otherwise. Okay? And I know that people are going to respond to certain hot-button issues in a very exaggerated and emotional way. I understand that. Um, Like anything having to do with LGBTQ plus stuff, okay? But just because something is a hot button issue or a very politically charged word, does that make everything that has to do with that word sensational? Like automatically? Like maybe if like the story has nothing to do with that and you just use the word in the headline to get, you know, people to freak out or whatever. But I'm like, it's literally the story. The story is literally That the aquarium is sponsoring a pride festival So that's what the headline is And that's what the story is With some more information Like, so I just, I don't, I don't know I don't, I really don't see I don't see the problem with it still And then lastly, okay, the question of Was my article yellow journalism? I think that my answer Is Like probably every single article On the internet now My article does contain elements of yellow journalism simply because that is how the internet works. Um, I think it could definitely be argued that maybe the fact that the internet functions that way isn't the best thing. But I also don't think it's the worst thing as long as the content in the article is not falsified. Which it is not falsified in my article. Okay, But these are just my initial thoughts on the subject. I would love to know what you think. Um, is my article on the Tennessee Aquarium just a hit piece? Um, is it just sensationalism? Is this, to use uh, the, that term that we just learned about, is this a yellow journalism piece? Is it possible that there are different levels to yellow journalism, or does it cross the line no matter what? Um, because I would argue that in order to put anything out on the internet or in modern culture in general, successfully, at least, you have to use some of the elements of yellow journalism. What do you think? Um, also, is rage farming just a new politically charged word that's come about to replace the old politically charged word? Uh, let me know your thoughts in the YouTube comments Section. I'm so tired of talking. It isn't even funny. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let, let me know what you think about this issue in the YouTube comments section or in the DMs on Instagram and Facebook at Subtle Rampage Podcast. If you are not mean to me, I will respond if your opinion warrants a response. If it's just like, hey, then I probably won't respond because it's like, what, (laughs) why? (laughs) Um, While I was putting this episode together, okay, I decided that an article that probably fits pretty well into this conversation is actually that one, uh, I don't remember when it came out, it might have been like last year, I know it's just been a while, but it's that one that got written on how waking up early is rooted in white supremacy. Um, It went kind of viral, like at least on the right-leaning side of the internet, and I'm pretty sure that the author like put out a follow up article uh, on all the backlash that he was getting for the initial article. So maybe I will turn that into a podcast episode here soon, um, since it kind of fits in the same conversation as what we talked about today. Anyways, if you haven't done so already, you should go listen to last week's episode on racism and writing. The other uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's honestly a privilege okay that you guys get to hear me talk and get to hear me give my opinion for free for free. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, so, so you should definitely be taking advantage of the opportunity to to do that. So make sure that you, you catch up with all the previous Subtle Rampage podcast episodes, okay? And subscribe to the YouTube channel or follow the podcast on whatever audio platform that you like. But um, yeah, all, all that is that. And my name is Natalia Kirchner, and I'll be back with another Subtle Rampage next week.